Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Legends of the Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me is... Just Ariel. <sighs> just Ariel. Hey, you didn't steal my... Wow. Uh... Just Ariel. <laughs> hey, guess what? what? You didn't steal my lines this time. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. <laughs> I may be grumpy, but I don't sound like that. Okay. So anyway... Uh... <laughs> Hi, I'm Aaron, and I'm super energetic. Oh, wow. All right. That hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> but you're smiling. I am. Um... I think that was the most hyper my voice has ever been. I think so, too. Don't do that again. That was weird. <laughs> you know what else is weird? A lot of things. A lot of enemies are weird, and we're going to talk about this today. <laughs> um, well, to be more specific, because we technically went into the list of enemies, last episode, we're doing bosses and mini-bosses. Mm, we are. So, Ariel. Yes? I have to warn you. Yes. So, my boss list is going to be very short on the descriptive side. Because... A lot of these enemies are repeat enemies. Well, it's a good thing I'm going first then. <laughs> it is. So what do you got for us, Ariel? So you ready? Are you got your thinking cap on? I do. Let's see if I can do better than the last couple of episodes. <laughs> so the first one I have is ignoble generals. Did you say ignoble? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that word means. Not noble. Oh, you used fancy words again. Um, generals. Chief soldier? Yes, you read my paper. <laughs> so yes, it is the chief soldier. So uh, these big guys are Hyrulean soldiers who've fallen under evil's influence. 
They are normally seen with their small little army of soldiers and have blue, green, or red armor with the color meaning an increase in strength, respectively. They command their soldiers with fourth to charge forward or shoot arrows and back to hide or retreat to their side and form a defensive stance. They are many bosses in the Lake Hylia and Death Mountain foothills stages. They also reappear in later stages as normal enemies. They attack with huge swords and carry shields. It's extremely difficult to attack them straight on. The best course of action is to attack their side or back when they miss with their lunge attack, as it leaves them wide open. Once they are defeated, his troops will be destroyed at the same time. In some situations, when the chief soldier is defeated, any remaining soldiers will run around wildly before exploding. Best part. Yes. So some fun little facts here. Blue chief soldiers wear the same armor aside from the beaked helmet as the Knights of Hyrule. The big dark Stalfos' silhouette is identical to the chief soldier. Huh. Zelda.com described chief soldiers as chief soldiers are massive sword-wielding knights who travel with large numbers of troops at their sides. The second description of them was misspelled as Chief Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I have on that. You ready for my next one? I am. Let's go. What do you got? Stop looking at my paper, cheater. Okay. Taunting Tyrants. I'm going to go with Shadow Links. Yeah, because you looked at my paper. I, I saw look your at, eyes. I was I, looking at You darted at it again. Listen, I was looking at the opposite end of the studio when I said Shadow Link. Yeah, because you saw my paper before you said Shadow Link. <laughs> Listeners, I write notes down on my paper, on the notebook paper. And Aaron keeps cheating by looking at my paper. So it is Shadow Link. Shadow Link is a dark reflection of Link, created by Ganondorf's resentment and evil thoughts from being slain by the incarnation of Link and Twilight Princess. This resentment manifested through the dark mirror in the form of Link, though a darker version. He is the mini-boss in the Mountain Path, Tower of Flames, Kakariko Village, Desert of Doubt, and Temple of Ice stages. He can take on a random color with only the corresponding link being able to damage him using the four sword. He usually travels back and forth from the dark world and will attack with his version of the four sword. He is also able to have additional shadow links jump out of him before the battle. The additional shadow links can't change color and will instantly be defeated once the original has been defeated. Bombs can stun them if they explode near him and is, of course, weak to the Force Sword. Defeating one will get you a large green Force Gem, 
though they will flee to the dark world if not defeated in time or evade the links enough times. They are defeated once and for all when Zelda undoes the seal on the dark mirror. So, ready for hmm. some fun little facts? I am. Dark Link is possibly related to Shadow Link. However, due to the distinct differences in behavior, origin, and appearance, it's unclear and speculative. Shadow Link's theme music is a remix of the Kakariko Village soldier theme from A Link to the Past. Huh. Can't believe I never noticed that. Shadow Link's voice is Link's voice pitched up by around 45% or about 6.43 semitones. <laughs> and that's what I have on that. Ooh, okay, I'm looking I'm looking at the other end. Flip the paper up. Okay, let's see what you got. Gonna catch these four flaming hands. It's man something. Man. Do I need to manhandle you? I was giving you a hint, actually. Manhand? Manhandler. Dang. Manhandler. Manhandler you. So, I don't have much on the main handler, but here's what I have. This four-clawed monstrosity spins and spits fire from its heads. Its claws have different colors, corresponding with each color of Link. Whichever color of Link must hit the same color claw. If the wrong color is hit, it will grow to full size again and spit fire. How lovely. <laughs> Manhandla appears in the coast, frozen Hyrule, and realm of the heaven stages. Once all of the claws have been, have become smaller, it will be destroyed. And you have to hit it to become smaller. So yeah. That's what I have. But I do have one fun little fact. Okay. Although not mentioned in the international release, the Japanese manual of The Legend of Zelda describes Manhandla as a four-limbed jumbo-sized piranha plant, making it the first reference to the Mario series to appear in the Zelda series. Huh. So Manhandla is the first to cross over from Mario into Legend of Zelda. Officially. Yeah, because of the Legend of Zelda game. Because Manhandle is in that game too. So, huh. It's cool because I was looking up pictures and Manhandle from The Legend of Zelda ju looks just like they stuck four piranha plants together. It's pretty cool. I'm looking at a picture right now, and you're right, it does. Yeah, it looks like they just stuck four piranha plants on it. <laughs> I like the piranha plant anyways. But. So next one I have is, why not give a giant spider fire? Because it's a bad idea. 100% <laughs> bad idea. 
Um. Oh, Goma. Yep. Giant spider. Yeah, yeah, Goma. <laughs> it's not a Legend of Zelda game without a Goma. <laughs> yeah, or a Skulltula, even though Skulltulas mm. aren't in this. But anyways, so I really don't have much on the Goma in this game. Goma. So. Goma or Goma. Goma or Goma. Goma or Goma. Anyways, this more powerful version is encountered in the Lost Woods. The lynx can only harm it by shooting arrows at its one giant eye, though this big old spider has the ability to temporarily close its eye to avoid it getting hit. It will also shoot fireballs at the lynx. That is all I could find on the Goma and Four Swords Adventures. Not even a fun fact. <sighs> Y'all. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Death Knights of LOZ. Big Dark Stolfos. Of course. Star Death Knights. Okay, Stolfos. Done. Listeners, Death Knights is uh, an enemy in D&D for anybody that doesn't know. So. <laughs> so... Exceptionally big Stolfos that are equipped with large green swords. They were originally the four knights of Hyrule who were defeated by Ganon. They were then transformed into monsters in the dark world. They are encountered in the field, Kakariko Village, Desert of Doubt, and Frozen Hyrule. If they are in the light world, they appear as shadows holding floating swords. They can attack the lynx, but the lynx can't attack them. The lynx must enter the dark world via a moon gate to be able to fight them. The most effective way to defeat them is the same as the chief soldiers. Once all four are defeated, they are released from their curse and the lynx obtain their royal jewels. And for anybody that doesn't that didn't remember how to defeat the chief soldiers, it was let them miss on their lunge attack and then strike them from the back or the side. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, AB, select, start. Yeah, so anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so I got one fun fact here. The Japanese name of the big dark Stolfos, both the large and smaller versions, is a portmanteau of Stolfos and Iron Knuckle. So the Japanese name is Big Stall Knuckle. And I wish they would have just called the Stolfo Stall Knuckles. Stall Knuckles. Because that sounds a whole lot cooler. Oh my gosh. <coughs> All right. Flailing Combatants. Flailing Combatants. Um... I feel like it's a play on words for you. Chain uh, soldiers. Of course you would think so. Ball and chain soldiers. Oh. But it's the same thing. Because <laughs> it's a flail. Flailing combatants. I was right, see? Of course. Play on words. That's usually a lot of my interpretations. <laughs> Okay. 
so ball and chain soldiers. There's a few types of these corrupted Hyrulean guards. You have the gold armor, which they're very common and swings the ball and chain in a constant loop that increases in speed when hit. Then you have the black armor. They aim their flails directly at the links and will smash through any obstacles to do so. We have the red armor, which their flails are fire-based, leaving behind a huge trail of flames. The only safe way to get around these is to use the rock's feather to jump over it. If I was a ball and chain soldier, I would have the red armor. <laughs> and then last, we have the blue armor. These only appear in the Tingles Tower multiplayer gallery during the Monster Hunting Returns minigame. They swing their flails like the gold armored ones, but will also switch it up by swinging in a small loop around their head and a huge lashing swipe that travels far. Hmm. So, one fun little fact here. Ball and Chain Soldiers were referred to as Morningstar Knights in the, Elo in the Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages official strategy guide by Brady Games. This contradicts the name given in the encyclopedia, so it's not considered canon. Mm-hmm. I've noticed they do that a lot in the series. Contradictory yeah. names, and then the encyclopedia comes in and goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, so my last one. You ready? I'm ready. You'll you'll get this one definitely. Oh, let's see. Blue Don Bozo. Oh, Dodongo. Big Dodongo. Yep, big Dodongo. Because he's blue. <laughs> get it, Don Bozo. Don Bozo. So this big guy appears at the end of the Realm of the Heavens stage. It will stomp out after two Dodongos are defeated. Its movement and attacks are the same as the regular Dodongo, but is much harder to avoid due to its extreme size. The big Dodongo is completely invulnerable to normal bombs. However, the level two bombs can hurt, can hurt it and is the only thing to defeat it. You have to put it in its mouth or throw one in its mouth and it'll cause damage. So you can only use the level two bombs. So I do have two fun little facts here. Ooh, let's go. The big Dodongo is the only boss in the game that requires the use of a level two item upgrade. So it's the only boss in the game that has, that requires that. The Degu in this monster's Japanese name is commonly translated as big, but is also used in the names of other stronger varieties of normal enemies, such as the Armos Knights. So, 
which the Japanese name for the big Dodongo is Degu Dodongo. There's a lot of translation issues in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Which surprised me, especially when it was created. Hmm. Well, is that all you got for us today, Ariel? That is it for my mini bosses. Those are the mini bosses of Four Swords Adventures. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I guess in that case, it's time for us to go to our mid break. Get. Yeah! Get. Hey, Ariel. Yes. We're in the middle of the show. Yes. You know what we do in the middle of the show? Yes. What do we do? Yes. We thank our wonderful, awesome, amazing patrons. <laughs> Such as our Golden Goddess level patrons, the Nerdy Biker, Dragon Knight, Jeremy Kelly, Kex, Maple Flapjacks. And of course, we have to thank our Hyrule Royalty patrons, Hylian Riot, James Becker, Nightfall, and then our Sheikah level patrons, Bird's Eye View Entertainment, Fulgrimir, It's Broken Link. The new patron. <laughs> Jedi Link. Maze. Another new patron. Solid me boy. The Seven Sins. The Tangle Factor 85. Venomous Duck. We are Legion. And Wolf Warrior 1869. And then, of course, our Kokiri patrons. Van Richens. Jumanji. Nebula Echo. Preston Balagad. And Remington Cloutier. And then, of course, our fairy level patrons, Alan Morgado, Christopher Green, Din Lionel, Doug Leamy, Hero of Time, and Rainbow Marvel. So thank you, patrons. You're awesome, amazing, and you let us do this awesome show. Sorry, I'm really excited about our patrons. I know, I was like holding a burp in this whole time. Listeners. We are in no ways affiliated with Joan Soda, but if you do like Joan Soda, <laughs> you need to try their grape flavor. It's really, really, really good. And listen, Joan Soda, if you want to be affiliated with this podcast, all you have to do is send Ariel a lifetime supply of grape soda. Well, all of their sodas would be fine. <laughs> my favorite one, I don't know, because that one is really delicious, but my favorite one's their like, blue lemonade one. It's really, really good. But anyways, yes, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, because you're also awesome. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. Uh-huh. You know the best part about our listeners? They tolerate my sarcasm? Yes. Also, <laughs> we constantly get these emails where they're like, I, I'm not old enough to be a patron. I, you know, I, I can't afford it. You listening is enough. You listening is enough. So don't feel bad we appreciate it that's why ariel says thank you i only say this because we have a couple emails from fans today and a couple of them have said i wish i could be a patron you it's okay it really is thank you for listening thank you for supporting us in any way you can it's greatly appreciated it's awesome and it helps us grow so don't feel bad we love you so anyway ariel yep Speaking of fan emails, mm -hmm. I'm going to read some. Sweet. Ooh. Let's hear some. So, okay. So we haven't done emails in a while. So 
The first one is actually from our new patron, Maze. Uh, Maze has a couple awesome theories, and I'm going to save them because it is a very long email. Um, so I'm going to save them to talk to you after the pod episode, and then maybe we can discuss it in some future episodes with some future content. But here is Maze's email. Hi, Aaron and Ariel. I stumbled upon the LZ Lorecast when looking for a podcast for my commute to work. This podcast has proved nothing short of amazing. Both hosts bring so much personality to the show, not to mention the breadth of knowledge you bring, you both bring to each and every episode. I greatly appreciate the care you put into thorough analysis as well as love you have for the story. Keep up the awesome work. Your listeners appreciate it more than you know. Be well, Mays. No. No. <laughs> Maze. So, you ready for another one? Yes. Okay. So, the next one comes to us from Mike32. It says, what's up, guys? My name is Mike32 and have to say, love the LOZ Lorecast. I actually stumbled upon your podcast channel because of the Resident Evil Lorecast channel and binge listened to it and started the LOZ Lorecast. Currently on episode 40 as of 10 23 have to say, Aaron, you're awesome. I love the personality. And to the amaze, wait, sorry, just Ariel. Your dad and <laughs> your dad. Mm-hmm. Your dad jokes and puns are better than Aaron's. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, lol, it's cool, though. My wives are better than mine, too. But I wanted to say I love the lore casts, all of them. As a LOZ, RE, and Lovecraftian fan, love the L- Zelda franchise. Having owned, having owned and played all of them, currently 100%ed Tears of the Kingdom, and have to say, Ocarina of Time is still my fave. Having memorized the Evil Water Temple and hating it as a kid, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the awesome work. Glad to hear about health recoveries. When I first started listening, I could go on and on about things, but the anxiety in me is telling me I'm rambling. So to Aaron, Ariel, Daniel, Wolf, and everyone else behind the scenes keeping it up and going. And remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. P.S. If you guys still read these in the awfully middly mid-breaks, it would be cool to be surprised by. <laughs> um. First off, you're awesome because you caught yourself and you called me just Ariel, so you're <laughs> awesome for that. Second, did I hear fan of Lovecraft? Mm-hmm. Because I am a huge, huge Call of Cthulhu fan. You are. So, you know, since you like listening to the Resident Evil lore cast and you like listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, I do Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, mm. where it's a live play TTRPG yes. of Call of Cthulhu. So, you know, if you love Lovecraft, then uh, you can check that one out, too. Yep. I will say we do a lot of podcasts. Not all of them are age appropriate for this. Oh, yeah, that's definitely yeah. If, like 18 up. So. Yeah, we've got a couple 18 up podcasts, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you ready for our final fan read? Yes. So this one comes to us from Richard. 
Five stars. My name is Richard, and I have been listening to your podcast for about six months now. I love every one of your episodes that come out. My from Ariel sarcasm to Ariam's Ariams. Ariams. I like that. <laughs> to Aaron's deep dives into the show, you can really tell how much love you put into the podcast. When I first discovered it on Spotify, I was the only one to really like Eloise and my family. And it was wonderful to finally find a podcast that explores the series and shares my interests. I was wondering how much it was to become a golden goddess to your patron. Also, I wanted to know which map of Hyrule you love the most. Sorry this email was so long, and thank you for the excellent episodes. I will always be waiting for the next one. So, favorite map of Hyrule, Ariel. Go. All of the maps that have uh, Death Mountain on them. So, pretty all of them. much all of them. Yep. <laughs> no, really, though. Um, hmm. Probably Breath of the Wild. Ooh. I was going to say Tears of the Kingdom for me, but I guess it's kind of the same map, just more destroyed. <laughs> I mean, like, there's technically more in Tears of the Kingdom because the Sky Islands and the... Yeah, so... I mean, technically there's more, but Breath of the Wild map is probably my favorite. They're both pretty good maps. The only reason I like Tears of the Kingdom map over everything else is because, just like you said, the Sky Islands, and then you have the depths. Yeah. I do like you can explore three different levels on that map. Yeah. So there you go. And as for your question of the Golden Goddess level patron. I believe the link for the Patreon is still in the show notes, isn't it? Should be, but I will double check. Yeah. If you go to the Patreon, it'll give you the prices for all the patron levels. So go check it out. Um, We'd love to have you as a patron, but don't feel obligated by any means. Just listening to the show is enough. I went on a whole rant about this in the beginning part. (laughs) So... That's all the time we have for reviews. We have tons more to go through, so don't worry if we didn't read yours yet. We're getting through them. We're going through the back catalog. I have a huge back catalog here of all the way up till May, so don't feel bad. Um, It looks... Ooh, bad aerial. It looks like I don't have the Patreon on here. Oh no! I will. It'll be up by this episode. I promise. Yeah. It's all right. We can go back and add it later. It's a wonderful, wonderful world of editing. (laughs) Whoops. That's okay. So, that being said, Ariel, what did you bring for the middle of the show? Yes. Oh. Boo. So brought merch of course and this comes from Etsy from Ye Old Prop Shop oh Ye Old Prop Shop and you know in honor of Ocarina of Time's 25th anniversary happy birthday Ocarina of Time this is the Ocarina of Time Deku Tree inspired planter and I want it <laughs> I want it so these are made from an eco-friendly thermoplastic. It has a glossy glossy finish to preserve color and the plane is not occluded. So you have 
four different sizes. You have size A, which is approximately 176 millim millimeters by 174 by 81 millimeters. And then you have like size B, size C, and size D, which it does list the size sizes in this. And the prices from, go from size A, which is $24.99, to size D, which is $49.99. So I will have the link for that in the show notes. It is really cool. And I really want this planter. It is a pretty cool planter, I'm not going to lie. Not a bad price either. No. Well, Ariel, it's time to switch things up. It's time for me to go and find those oh-so-lovely seasonal decors again. So do you know what I found? What? I found the Legend of Zelda Rupee eight-foot string lights available at GameStop. That's right. Have you ever wanted to, you know, make your room shine bright like a rupee? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> well, now you can. So, currently, here's 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 the cool part. Currently, during this episode's recording, GameStop is running a buy two get one free on toys, collectibles, home, and apparel. So that means that this. Legend of Zelda Rupee 8 foot string light is part of that deal. So you can get it currently right now online for $28.49. The normal going price is $29.99. And like I said, have that deal going on. The strand has a total of 10 rupees. It has a standard US plug. They are bright white lights and they have blow molded plastic with hand and machine painting effects. So, I want all of the pairs. <laughs> I want them always and forever in the home studio. Absolutely. <laughs> so, the link for that will be in the show notes. And uh, I'm going to continue to do my due diligence this holiday season to find all of the kooky holiday themed Legends of Zelda stuff I can. Yet we have none of them. Listen, we're poor. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> oh, good times. So anyway, Ariel, mm -hmm. we're at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Well, the mid-break. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything I'm missing? Mm -hmm. I am. Okay, what is it? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we're doing this again? Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Oh my gosh. To whistle on over to STL Ocarina. Use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% off a beautiful ocarina. Which Air needs to do so we can do our duel that we've been promising for a really long time and have not provided it. So you can save yourself 10% off by using a promo code. Then you can roll on over to Fan Roll Dice, use our promo code AlmightyC10, 
which is ALL, Mighty, the letter C, and 10, and save yourself 10% off dice, dice trays, dice towers, dice bags, all dice accessories. They have their new thing, which is the Pathfinder Goblin Dice, which they're, it's actually really terrifyingly cool, and go check it out. Then switch on over to Nixie Gaming. Use our promo code LZLore and save yourself 10% off switch accessories. They have docking stations and cables and cases and controllers. And their new thing, which is the GameCube controller, now in pumpkin orange. So save yourself 10% off when you buy a whole bunch of switch stuff from them. Then you can stealth on over to the Cloak and Dagger company on Etsy. Use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% some really, really awesome merch. They have, and it's all handmade, and they have tunics and cloaks and caps and a whole bunch of just really, really cool stuff. I believe he said that they're going to start doing metal work, too, during the patron episode we just recorded. Oh, that would be awesome. Super awesome. And they also do custom orders there as well. All you have to do is reach out to them on their Etsy page and let them know we sent you and use your promo code and you can still get 10% off on custom orders. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Then... Zoom on over to Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy. Uh, <laughs> use our promo code FUMBLING4, which is FUMBLING and the number four, and save yourself 10% off their energy drinks. Now, they have the tubs of powder, which is about 30 energy drinks. There's no crash and no jitters. And they have a whole bunch of different flavors to choose from, which are also hilariously named. Because, honestly, if I owned, you know, a company that made energy drinks, I would also come up with hilariously named stuff. And their new Black Friday deal is the Pomblom. Pomblom. I really want to taste that. It's just fun to say Pomblom, <laughs> which is pomegranate and cherry blossom. So... Save yourself 10% off their products by using our promo code. Links and promo codes are in the show notes below. I'm done. That's it? I'm done. Right. Let's go to the end of the episode. All right, Ariel. We're here. It's awful, Lindley. Oh, my gosh. You didn't even have me ask you what part of the show we're in. Yes, it's the end. <laughs> so, I'm going to try to do some of your infamous interpretations. Are you ready? I love how you said that. I'm going to try to I'm going to do, gonna do like, it. Like, pompous much? <laughs> All right. You ready for my first one? Yes. Ghost daddy. Ghost daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom Ganon? Yes. <laughs> Best interpretation ever. He will forever be known as Ghost, Ghost Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> so, Ghost Daddy, Ghost Daddy Phantom, 
Uh, gotta catch him all because he's Ghost Daddy Phantom. <laughs> done with you. <laughs> right, so he's actually appeared in a ton of games. You ready for this list? Oh boy. Yep. So he's an Ocarina of Time, Avi. Uh, Wind Waker, Avi. Four Swords Adventures. Hmm, weird. Wonder what we're talking about him. And now Tears of the Kingdom. Waiting for you to say Obvi again. Obvi. <laughs> so. He's also had some other appearances, however. He's appeared in Ocarina of Time manga, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, and Hyrule Warriors Legends. So, pretty, pretty common foe we fight here. So, I'm not going to go into him too much. Because he really doesn't change a whole lot through. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. It, I'll explain. So in Four Swords Adventures, essentially, Phantom Ganon is just like the boss battle with Ganon you're going to do. So Phantom Ganon first appears as the boss of Hyrule Castle. In this one, you have to fight him much like you had to fight original Ganon in Ocarina of Time shoot them energy orbs back and forth with a sword. Once he misses, he'll get stunned, beat him to death with your sword. He'll then appear again in the Temple of Darkness. However, this time he has a clone and a system. And the way you tell the real from the, the from the clone is the real one will throw green orbs and you got to hit him back while the clone will throw white balls and they break when you hit him with the sword. So that's pretty much all we got in this game. Nothing crazy. Uh, it's cool, however, though, he's an extremely iconic character now. He's been in so many titles that it's almost. You almost can't talk about Ganon without Phantom, you know, Ghost Daddy. <laughs> so next one. Dry Eye. All I can think of is the guy from Ferris Bueller <laughs> because that's the guy that says that commercial or does that commercial. Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, dry. I don't know. Stone Argus. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so this is the boss of the Eastern Temple in Four Swords Adventures. <laughs> so Stone Argus is basically a bunch of small rocks put together and in order to attack it with the sword you first have to use the boomerang to pull rocks off once you have destroyed stone argus uh, well, once you've pulled all the rocks off of stone argus he'll start attacking link and when you defeat it it disintegrates and turns into none other than our yellow maiden so nothing really Again, nothing really incredible here. I do have a fun little fact. And that is Stone Argos was referred to as Stone Argos on Zelda.com Encyclopedia. However, this contradicts the name in the encyclopedia and is not considered canon. Hmm. Now, you may be like, well, what's the difference between the canon name and the encyclopedia name? So, the Zelda.com encyclopedia name is Argus. 
they just add an extra S at the end. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but yeah, the canon name is Stone Argus. That's about all I had on this guy. It wasn't, again, the bosses in this, I was kind of let down a little bit. <laughs> all right, you ready for this one? Yes. I like to wear pig masks. I'm sure you do like to wear pig masks. Oh my gosh. I don't know. <gasps> Big Poe. He appears twice in this game as a boss. <laughs> so he appears twice in this game during the near the field stage. So he's the leader of the ghosts of the graveyard and he's trying to stop you from reaching the white maiden. He has two different forms in this stage. So the first form resembles the ma He's wearing the mask that resembles Jahala. And in the second form, he's no longer wearing the mask, but he the fight is the exact same for the most part. During the second phase, you see his true form and it's much smaller. It's a much smaller green ghost kind of form. So basically, when you fight in the graveyard, the four links reach a pitch black area of the graveyard with four torches, and they must all step on one star shaped floor platform switch to awaken the ghost. He'll appear. And this is the form where he's wearing the mask. To defeat him, you must light one of the four torches when the mask is nearby. And then when you do this, you're able to slash him with a sword. And when you do, he'll release guineas and bubbles to reduce his size and move faster. Eventually, after five hits, he will explode and leave behind small green ghosts that will quickly flee towards Hyrule Castle. So after this, you'll see the big Poe once again, and it'll be in the infiltration of Hyrule Castle. Now, in a large Poe body with a typical lantern, you have to fight it again. Four links must once again light four torches using their lamps, reveals the monster, and then once again, you can't hurt him until you light a torch. So again, it all kind of snowballs into the exact same fight. A little different, not terribly so. However, I do have some trivia on the big Poe. Okay. So Big Poe's first form is known as the Mask Poe in Japan, but both forms were named as Big Poe in the English release, which caused confusion. The Guineas and Four Swords Adventure are also known as Poe in Japan. However, this led to some confusion in the American release since they are called Guinea. This was all clarified later, though, when it was explained, this is why the big Poe is made up of guineas and not regular posts, because they're posts in Japan. And they are akin to those that appeared in Link to the Past. Yeah, not confusing at all. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so the next boss we have to talk about 
I am a giant vulture. Yes, you are. Oh, wow. Oh, it's like the, what's that called? Helmarok? Helmarok King, yep. Yeah. (laughs) So, another iconic enemy appears in Wind Waker, Four Swords, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, Hyrule Warriors Legends. So, again, another enemy has appeared in a lot of games. In this game, however, he is the main boss that you have to fight on the mountain path on Death Mountain. It's designated to stop you from being able to enter the Tower of Flames. And when it starts the battle, it swoops down at you two times and then attacks by dropping a rock on you. After that, he'll repeat the process. And in order to feed him, you have to daze the bird with the bombs and then destroy the bird's mask. After you destroy its mask, you can defeat him just using your swords. So pretty straightforward boss fight. However, what's interesting is the trivia we have for the Helmrock King. So the Helmrock King and the Helmsor King have the same name in Japanese, but they have different English names on the official Romanizations. The official Japanese website romanizes the Helmrock King's Japanese name as Zeklok, whereas the Japanese ending of A Link to the Past romanizes the Helmsaurus King's Japanese name as Jikrok. This has led to confusion as the Helmrock King trophy in the North American version of Super Smash Bros. Brawl erroneously stated that Helmrock King and Helmsar King are the same character. So for a long time, this whole issue caused a massive ripple in the Kithiri community because this one game on a trophy said they're the same one. It wasn't until the European version of the Super Smash Bros. Ball game was released that this error was fixed. Hmm. <laughs> so the last one I'm going to give, there's a couple I have here, but they're for future games when we talk about like Phantom Hourglass. The last one I'm going to give you here is the Helmrock King possesses or kidnaps, I should say, young girls with pointed ears at a certain point in one of the games. I won't give you any spoilers here. However, it is believed that this could be a reference to the mystical Thunderbird, which is a bird that is about the size of the Helmrock King who also kidnaps children in mythology. Okay. Right? I love when they do this kind of stuff. Like they throw real world mythology into these games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so next one, Big Moldorm. Nope, that was not an interpretation, Aaron. Let me guess. The big Moldorm is the big Moldorm? (laughs) The big Moldorm is the big Moldorm. I said the answer and not the interpretation. It was supposed to be... (laughs) I'm an inch long rock worm was my interpretation. (laughs) I I messed it up. It's too late. We're past the point. Move on. (laughs) Is it the Ropa? Uh, The Ropa. So the big Moldorm appears uh, as the boss mine for the pyramids. And it is in the way to the Trident. So it 
behaves similarly similar it behaves similarly to moldorms throughout the game however this one's channel changes its color when it's struck by one of the respective colors of the four links and only the link carrying the color of the big moldorms tail will be able to damage it as the battle progresses however it will split into two and then the four links have to work together to take down these these two big moldorms so that's all i have on that for now because the moldorm appears in different forms and different shapes and sizes throughout the series we'll get more info on it the next one i have is the um let's see so we had dry eye right now we have this we have clear eye I was going to say something in my eye. Something in your eye. Mm -hmm. mm. Frost air. And before you make fun of it, I saw an image of the frost air and it immediately went, oh, this thing looks like it has something in its eye. Not only because it's got this giant, icy, like sharp styling to it. The eye itself is just red. Looks like a bloodshot eye. Like, at least with my interpretations, I give you <laughs> hints towards what it is. Like, <laughs> uh, with the frost eyes, like a cold stare. I see, this is why you're better at interpretation corner. <laughs> <laughs> so the frost air appears as a boss fight in this game. And it is rooted to the ceiling when you first see it. Once it releases itself, however, it begins to release a miniature flying versions of itself. In order to beat it, you have to climb to the upper part of the room and defeat the creature inside to detach the frost air from the ceiling. After which, the frost air will continue flying around and throwing objects, and then you have to jump from platform to platform and attack the eye directly with the sword. Once it falls to the ground, you then immediately do a thrust attack and take it out. So that's pretty much it for it. However, we have a nice little Easter egg here, which I'm sure everyone can figure out. So the Frost Air is a portmanteau of Frost and Stare, hence its design. That's why it has a red eye and it's got the icy appendages. No. No. So the next boss, we're not going to spend too much time on because we talked about him. This was so, so long in Minish Cap. It's Vati. Long story short, Vati's back. No interpretation? No, no interpretation. But I'm tired of Vati. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's had his time and he keeps coming back for more. That's it. That's my interpretation. The purple guy who won't stay down. And no, I'm not talking about FNAF. Uh, so, long story short, Vati's back. You release him when you release the four sword. We talked about it during our kind of, you know, the episode before this one. And that's about all I'm going to spend time on him. It's, it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> we already went over some interesting facts in the last episode, or the last time we talked about body too. So 
final boss we have to talk about, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it because, as we discussed long ago, Ganon's going to get his own episode. It's Ganon. No interpretations for Ganon either. You're failing. I know. I couldn't. We've come up with so many for him. <laughs> no, like, number one is just Ganondorf. I know that's for, like, Ganondorf, but <laughs> it still works. Um, so, again, not going to spend terribly much terribly too much time on him during this game because we are going to spend a, I'm I'm almost positive we could probably spend an entire episode on just Ganon so at some point we'll probably do you know Papa Daddy Ganon episode but he is a boss fight in here uh, does kind of play an important role and we again went over all of that during the previous episode so nothing really there that I want to touch with Ganon. So yeah, that's it. Those are my bosses. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Ariel. Yes. We're at the end of the episode. Yes. I did sponsors in the mid-break. Don't even look <laughs> at me like that. No, we're at the end of the episode. And before we go, I want to reiterate, if you love this podcast and you want to hear more of us, we do have several others. We don't advertise it enough, but that's because this is our PG podcast and the other ones, they're not so much. They are 100% not PG, mm -hmm. except for our new show, The Kingdom Hearts yes! Lorecast. That is PG. Mm -hmm. It is clean. And if you... Uh, have a love or wish to know more about Kingdom Hearts, go ahead and listen to that. Yep. And it's just the Kingdom Hearts lore cast. And yeah. And keep in mind, too, we just started it. So there's two, three episodes out. So. Yeah. There'll be more to come. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. So with that being said, I think this is where we say goodbye, Ariel. Au revoir. Au revoir. So until next time, thank you for listening. Tune in next week. For our patron chat. Woo-woo! Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter, at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bettinol Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this.